0: Welcome to The Evolution of a Snake, Episode 6, 2010, Part 2. We are so happy that you're here joining us. Please make sure to follow us on Spotify, rate us five stars on the podcast app, and subscribe to us on Apple Music. We'll just get right into it. Here we are talking about the Mine music video release. So the twenty seventh, the music video comes out with Toby Hemingway. I have referred to him in the notes as a mysterious. Figure. He
1: is. He's a very mysterious figure because I think that his only notable other role was like in a horror. Wasn't like The Conjuring or something?
0: It was like something. Yeah, he was in a scary or Black Swan. He was. In What's Black Swan. Black Swan?
1: Yeah, so he was in a scary movie, and um, he's a he's a
0: dark, mysterious character. He. He's hot. We don't know much. Yeah, we don't. I think Taylor just maybe made out with him once. And then when she was doing the secret messages, she was like, all right, (laughs) like this song isn't about anyone else. So he can have it. There you go, little buddy. Do I think that was a serious relationship? I don't.
1: I but it was don't. probably
0: steamy um, but the music video was really yeah. cute i and love, the, I love video. the video
1: honestly it probably has like one of my most favorite visuals from her videos of all time when she's in the forest and she's got the white dress on oh I and know. the yeah. pictures are hanging from the trees the picture is i hanging have down to from the tell strings. you that wow. really shattered the glass ceiling it really did it changed <laughs> it everything
0: did. for me personally again As we know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has been out of a job for a while. (laughs)
1: Because
0: Taylor (laughs) just just
1: keeps caking her fucking seat. Uh,
0: But yeah, that was a really great visual. I loved that. The video was really cute. But what pisses me off is that it's not available in high def. Like, where is the good quality version of the Speak Now videos? They all suck. That's
1: actually a really good point. Because I feel like I have a very distinct memory of watching blurry shit every single time I've watched it. It's, like, blurry. Yes,
0: it was all blurry.
1: I wonder if that was, like, a... It's, it's not, like, it's not horrible quality, but it's, it's not, like, It's like they used clear. a blur effect on it. Because I remember when they're, like, on the beach, I definitely remember there was a blur effect. Like, oh, fade in, fade out sort of a thing, but it's, like, done poorly. That was a Roman White, wasn't yes. it? Do you know that?
0: Yes, it was. It was. I remember the music videos from the Speak Now era being the bane of my existence because I was making GIFs on Tumblr.com at that <laughs> time. And I, for the life of me, could not get good quality versions of the music videos to make into nice gifts. Back to December is, like, her worst quality video of all time. <laughs> it's it so has, It has bad. a weird
1: filter on it
0: or something. I don't know, because I've, I've thought the exact
1: same thing. I've tried to edit pictures from that video because I thought it was really pretty, but then it's like, you tried to fucking edit it and it just, like, comes out like shit because they did something to it. Yeah. It's fucking, I don't know,
0: it. It kind of pisses me off because that's a really nice video. We deserve HD versions of these and they exist and I love yep. them. I'm just yep. saying. We can, if we can get Tim McGraw in HD,
1: I can Jesus get mine Jesus Christ,
0: yeah. We got Tim McGraw in like full version surround sound super HD and I don't need <laughs> it. I don't want it. On September 9th, she does her first televised performance of mine and you belong with me at the NFL kickoff which as we know was a controversial time for the Taylor Swift fans. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so,
1: um, uh, the performance itself is passable. It's not bad. It's not great. It's fine. It's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's okay. But the, it's the, the thing about it is that people, for whatever reason, including, I think, me, <laughs> at the time, completely roasted her fucking asshole. And this was for what she was wearing, her outfit. And Yes.
0: I remember it being a little controversial. It was like a lot of skin and then the collar yeah, <laughs> I think like, that's it, what people just didn't like it
1: was the red it lip was roasted so hard that like when I when I thought of it to talk about it on the podcast and I was like imagining the outfit in my head and I was like oh my god it was so bad it was so bad and then I looked it up and I looked at it, and I was like, "This is not as bad as I remember." Like the, the collar,
0: yeah, I could have done without it. It's not, it doesn't absolutely ruin the dress. Like what I, it's like it's really just a classic Taylor dress. Like that's God, what people it hate is. It. The collar is the They said that she looked like but... a
1: fucking figure skater, and they hated the red lip. And I think this was the first time that somebody said, "Is she ever gonna go outside again when she's not wearing red lipstick?" Because she wore it, except the she wore it at the VMAs, and then she wore it at the Met Gala. And then she wore it several times after that. And I think this, for some, whatever fucking reason, because she, she didn't wear it in the mind video and she didn't wear it on the live chat. But in any of the other videos, somebody, somebody was mad. (laughs) I I don't know how else to put it. Someone was mad. mad. And then it became this whole thing about like, is she ever going to take off the black boots? Is she ever going to stop wearing red lipstick? Yeah. It was, she looks like a fucking figure skater nobody even cared about the music anymore it was all about the this and the that and the blah and i i'll be honest with you i was part of it
0: <laughs> i was <part> <laughs> <of> <laughs> me of too it. i was I was kind of mad that she was doing a red lip all the time. I was like, what does she think she's doing? Is this going to be her new yeah. look? And you know what? I, I got served because it was her new look and I just had to put yeah, up with it. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. And I remember kind of wishing she would stop doing it too. And I don't really know why. Like, why did everybody hate the red lip?
0: There was some vague slut shaming going on for no apparent reason because she was like kind of showing her shoulders Um, She was not showing cleavage, but she was showing like chest (laughs) and the red lip. So I think people were like, I remember people being like, she's just becoming like any other slutty pop star. And that's not what I signed up for.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. Back in the day, I guess it was 2010. 2010. So,
0: you know, people... We weren't woke. No, We We were not woke woke at that time. When I think about it now, it's just so weird. I'm actually kind of shook. So, yeah, we get that performance. It's kind of a mess in terms of the response. The performance itself is fine. And then September 12, 2010, psy. Taylor performs innocent at the VMAs.
1: Um, I don't, <laughs> Why? I don't think that this Why? was her best move
0: at fucking awe. I thought this no. was a dumbass decision
1: was... made by a fucking dumbass.
0: Not her. Probably Scott Rochetta or some other fucko. Someone was like, let's capitalize on this drama and get the yeah, promo but... and sh- serve everyone. Show them all. Because, you know, the
1: thing is that, that all, the, all that really did was was really poor gasoline on the already small fire that suggested that she likes to play the victim all the time that's really all that did because you know the song's message itself is obviously like a really nice message you know it's more than kanye ever fucking deserved i can tell you that but it's like people didn't get that when i went to school the next day and i was like talking to my friend about it and somebody was like she needs to let it go somebody was like uh oh she was just like bitching about how like she was attacked on stage and like how she's innocent and all that stuff and i looked at her and i was like did you even listen to the song uh that's like not what <laughs> yeah, happened it not was not about, was about how
0: she's innocent god but people really thought that she no, somebody was i remember being shocked because we hadn't heard this song this was like she just pulled it yeah. out for the vmas yeah. it's it was not going to be a single she had a perfectly good single that needed some promo at the god, time you know what and that yet, pisses me off. She chose to do this. We didn't get to hear mine. We got to hear the fucking innocent, which innocent,
1: I've never right. heard. The I like end that of it. song,
0: but but not for that performance. No. I will say she looked amazing, and I loved the barefoot. Oh, thing. I love that,
1: and and that that steel guitar she was playing was super nice.
0: Oh yes, and the like the wind and the like stormy room that was really cool, yeah. but it was the wrong choice. In early October, we get four pre releases from the album, excluding innocent. So we, we got fed really well. First of all, we got Speak Now, then we got Back to December, then we got Mean, and then we got The Story of Us. And I think that that collection of songs is pretty misleading for what the Ooh, album's going to be Oh Yeah,
1: um, I think that Speak Now is a really bad
0: title track,
1: really bad example for what the album's going to be like. You know, it, it's just like for that to be the message of the song, which is pretty much just like... A super campy, jokey song about interrupting a wedding and something that didn't actually happen, but this is gonna be your like symbol of the album. For, for this really deep meaning is this fucking joke ass of a song and not a joke because it's bad or at least I think it's bad but also because she literally it's a joke people are always like why do you hate speak now the
0: song and I'm like because it's fucking stupid it sucks <sighs> it's bad like it's just it's unnecessary I don't want to hear it again yeah. <laughs> like I really never want to hear it again." do do you remember Scott Borchetta gave an interview where he was like Taylor wanted to call the album Enchanted but I said that you're too old for this now. Like this is a, that's an immature name about like fairy tales and that's misleading. Like this album is about more than that. And Taylor came back and was like, okay, I want to make it Speak Now. And the concept behind calling it Speak Now, like saying things that you wouldn't normally say and like confessions, that's a really good idea. The song just doesn't support it. Speak Now came out and I was like, wow. I'm not excited. At this point, we have Innocent and Speak Now, and I was like, "Um, Do you know what
1: made me really, really, really not excited, which is so funny in hindsight? I hated the album cover. I thought it was absolute fucking garbage. Yeah, I remember very specifically that I thought that
0: I loved it. That was an
1: indication that the album's gonna be so fucking bad and like all this other stuff. I was like, oh, this is, this is like, she's finally, she's gonna make a bad album. I just know she is. Went off bed all the time. People hated me. (laughs) They were like, shut up, Madeline. You don't know anything.
0: I'm not surprised. You were being a bitch. I was being a fucking (laughs) bitch. No, I loved the album cover. I thought it was so cute. I was like 13 when this came out. So, of, of course, this like whimsical thing, I was like, yeah, I prefer it in red. I will say, I prefer it in red than I do in purple. I'm bipartisan on that. I think... I like
1: both of them equally, and I did, I did eventually learn to really love that album cover, by the way. Um, I just hated it at the time because I was sort of on the streak because of today was a fairy tale. So
0: then we get back to December, fucking legend snap. I guess we'll get into all the, the songs as we go yeah. through the album. Um, but all of the pre-releases debuted within the top 20, which is pretty fucking cool. That actually is really fucking cool. Her power. Her power, even back then. So right before the album comes out, she flies to New York City to go and do album promo, as she always does. And she attends a taping of SNL that Emma Stone is hosting. And who is there? Jake Gyllenhaal. (gasps) And after that, they go to an after party together. And they also get lunch in Brooklyn with Emma Stone the next day.
1: I completely forgot that the entire Speak Now album release was, like, encapsulating
0: her dating dating fucking Jake Gyllenhaal. Wow. Wow. She really went after that um, old man dick this year. She did. She was into the older guys. And then, and it's She funny, learned her lesson. Funny. She learned she her She immediately lesson. went back to guys who were too young for her. Because courtship begins. Courtship. It was very short-lived. So keep in mind, it starts on October 23rd. Then October 25th, the world changes. Speak Now is dropped. It sells an, over a million copies in the first week. And it, at the time, it was the biggest debut of a country album ever. Ever. Taylor writes everything by herself which is largely a response to criticism that someone else was pulling the strings behind the scenes and writing her songs for her. And Nathan Chapman does all of the production. So it was a really tight team, two people, and it receives critical acclaim with a lot of praise for the songwriting. There's some criticism of the production and tracks like Better Than Revenge and Mean fair. Wait, wait, wait um, a second.
1: Somebody criticized the,
0: the production of Better Than Revenge? So some people criticize the production in general, oh, and then specifically okay. targeted me in okay, Better okay, Than Revenge. Okay. So
1: I was gonna say, all the things you can say about Better Than Revenge, it having a bad production is
0: not one Uh, not true. Yeah. Not true. Um, Rolling Stone writes, this is one of my favorite reviews of Taylor, is that they write that Dear John is a particularly scathing takedown because it resembles a John Mayer song so I remember much. reading that. Like the bluesy strings. Uh, I remember that so clearly. Oh. I think that was the and when I thought about it I was like, she snapped. Oh my god, she really did. She really was like, I'm gonna fucking burn him to the ground. (laughs) She did. That
1: that and like the thing about that is like sometimes you read um because that article came out right before the album came out and I was trying not to listen to leaks so I read the article blah blah blah. and it when I actually heard the song that was one of the few times when such a a glowing
0: review of a song like actually wasn't a
1: letdown I was like oh no
0: this really is scathing and then we get some candids of her buying her album in Starbucks I didn't even they were selling her album in Starbucks uh, well I'm I sure she that. rallied for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm sure that's something she really got behind and then Target as well so she, we got Candids I love the Candids of her buying her album I think it's so funny and self-indulgent <laughs> so I guess we'll just hop straight into the album and we'll go through each song and the secret messages so mine toby is the secret message i mean what is there we've said everything about yeah we mine. have it's amazing yeah, it's amazing number two sparks fly oh my god and the message is portland oregon <laughs> because that's where she played it for the first time <laughs> bitches. <laughs> so the thing about this is that
1: this was actually the one the one song i think that i allowed myself to listen to before the the leak it leaked really early because everyone knew it existed you know before the track list was even out so of course it leaked before everything else because we knew it so it leaked and a lot of people were like i'm not going to do it and i was like i have to i have to i need to (laughs) hear this this song i've been waiting for years to hear the fucking the the version of the song and i have to tell you it went the fuck off
0: i was oh it it delivered so well sparks flight came in as you said about the other side of the door she came in and spanked me she did
1: <laughs> she, she did my bottom and um <laughs> he did so i i remember that a lot of people were really concerned at the time they're like she's gonna completely change it she's gonna completely change it and uh, my big reassurance the only thing that i ever said about that song after it leaked and i listened to it publicly was that nobody should worry about how she changes it because the changes that she did made she did make excuse me were good
0: little lyrical details I personally prefer the lyrics of the first version yes yeah the, the most important part <laughs> to everybody was the
1: bridge and she kept the bridge completely intact it was just as I fucking yeah. would have imagined
0: it would be it was so perfect thank you Jesus oh, thank you just, and the production was so good and uh, uh, drop everything now oh <laughs> I can't I can't just drop it and the Speak Now tour just elevated this to a whole other yep. level. This song mm-hmm. for yep. me, like, oh my god, that is one of my favorite Taylor performances ever. Ever. Um, Sparks Fly really came in and said, "Hey, I'm a legend," and we said, "Yes, you are." <laughs> so the third song is Back to December, and the secret message is Tay. Wow, I wonder who this is. I really about. wonder. She's being she's really, being, she's being, really being vague and
1: coy. You know, and I'm not clear. <laughs> who has tan skin? I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah and a sweet smile <laughs> I, this is um, one of my but, top five favorite Taylor Swift songs ever always I agree I really love this song so much the bridge just gets me every single yeah. time
1: the thing that gets me the lyric that wow. always it's like no matter how many years it's been the one that gets me is when she says when your birthday
0: passed and I didn't call it's like oh my god it was imagine you him, such a bitch who I'm mean him. He's so gentle. I remember hearing this for the first time and being like, "Oh my god, they're gonna get back together." Did you also? <laughs> I was like, "Wow." Yeah. He. This is her sorry, and he's gonna say okay, and then they're gonna get married. <laughs> yeah, I did think that. I was like, I was like waiting for the day, but no, it never came. It never ever came. It never came. But and this is the only song that we have about Taylor Lautner. To be honest, Madeline, well, without jumping without, into some, con- some conspiracy I, theories, I do
1: have my conspiracy theories, but th- I'll save those for a later date. There are more songs about Taylor Lautner, <laughs> but I won't get into that now.
0: You just, you just prepare yourselves, ladies, because you're gonna be shook. I would say that this is an album highlight for sure. A point about these secret messages—they're very fucking direct. Like these secret messages. Don't play. No. This is the most direct she's been with her message well, I mean, ever. She said, like, they're so she clear. She said she was going to speak now, and she did. She spoke then. She, she spoke, spoke then. then. She hasn't been speaking now. Oh, no, no. no she she completely um, forgot the message of speak now altogether. She said, I will speak never. Thank you. Number four, I don't even think we need to really talk about this that much, but it's speak now, the song. You always regret what you don't say is the message. And this song, it's just so dumb. <laughs> I really don't get it.
1: And, you know, And it's like, if it was just like, if this was not the title track, I would have been fine with it, but the fact that it's the title track, that that's really what irks me about it. But anyway, I've already gone into it. The-
0: it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> it doesn't, it add-
1: doesn't make oh,
0: sense. Oh, to me. but you know, um,
1: and then but, we- well, well, one thing that we didn't say was that the song itself is about Haley Williams. It's an experience that Haley Williams had. Yeah. Um, she went to a wedding for somebody that I guess she was in love with, and she was like thinking about, you know, like, oh, blah, 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 whatever. And Taylor was like, oh, write a song about that and she did so then we get the
0: legendary track five the mystique dear john and the secret message is loved you from the very first day which breaks my heart it's funny
1: that you say that it breaks your heart because that's a lyric from your least favorite song which Superman. one
0: oh my god Fuck that. <laughs> i hate that shit. oh i see i don't even know the lyrics i hate that song I played myself. You did. You fucking played yourself. <laughs> Dear John, what can we say? It is almost a seven minute song. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Insane. She was being a rebel on this album. Most of the songs clock in at about five minutes. Which is, that's not how people make no. albums now. And like if you want if you want something to be a radio hit, your song cannot be that long. So this just showed that all she cared about was like making a really good album. Like a career defining album.
1: And you know what? It, she fucking did it. It was. It fucking was. She did it. The, the thing about this song, specifically, is that There's not a single lyric that you're like, oh, this is filler or this is uh, this isn't this isn't a very good lyric. This isn't blah, blah, blah. This is just like, you know, a piece of the story that's not very interesting or whatever. Whatever you want to say, every single fucking lyric in that fucking song is like and, and the fact that it's so long, it's the best, objectively, the best song she has ever written i know a lot of people are gonna be. Like, i agree well,
0: the songwriting
1: all too well all no too well. i think this is better than, all, better too than well. all too well this is better it's than better all than too well.
0: well what what is there to say i, I know it's like one of those things it speaks absolutely speaks for slapped us in the face it fucking speaks for itself yeah go listen to it if you haven't heard it go listen to it and it just i don't know i remember hearing that song and being like wow fuck john mayer seriously like actually fuck seriously him. fuck him and then we have track number six mean <laughs> and the uh secret messages i thought you got me Oh, you thought Bob was going to come in the middle of the night? Okay. You thought that? Absolutely. That's interesting.
1: It me. If you haven't seen what Bob sets looks like, you need to Google him right now and tell me Google if him. this is a man
0: that you would fear. <laughs> because it's not. This is like when Taylor said, my daddy's going to show you how sorry he exactly. will be. It's... It's not realistic. Exactly. What irritated me so much about this song is that it's about someone being mean to her. And like, this is a classic. If we're going to talk about like victim Taylor, this is one of those songs. And she's like, you're so mean and I'm so good. And then at the end, she's like, you know, you're just pathetic and a liar and alone in life. But you're the mean one. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> what is that? I also, I,
1: I actually have had that thought myself. She's talking about how mean somebody else is, but then she's she's gonna she's gonna come in for the kill as well. So it's like I mean, it would be one thing if she didn't kind of make the point in the song that she's better than him in a way, because she but she did but she did. So she says, uh, "You can't lead me down that road." Sadly enough. He did lead her down that road. She went. She went there. She said,
0: okay, let's go.
1: <laughs> Getting the impression that you don't like this song very much. Personally, like, I do think that there's, like, a couple of issues with it. But in, in my opinion, it kind of has, like, a purpose. I mean, I've listened to it after somebody's been mean to me. And it, I have to tell you, it's very empowering.
0: I agree. I think when I was 14, this song meant a lot to me. But now that I'm 22, I'm just kind of like, eh. So to note, this was the biggest radio hit from the album, strangely. This is the song she carried through. This is the one that she was like, okay, maybe I'll accept this from Speak Now on future tours. That's so strange. Then we get the story of us, and the secret message for this is the CMT award. To
1: me, personally, if I'm being honest, this is probably the, the, mo- the song that's like the most throwaway from the album. So it was crazy to me that she released yeah. it as a single. Which I think she only did because it's one of the shorter songs. It's a more pop It's a, it's a song, bit more of a bop. But I. it's not one of my favorites. I think it's like probably bottom three, honestly, if I'm speaking my F-C-O. truth. Yeah. Bottom three of Speak Now. Yeah. I mean,
0: I it's a bop. I like <laughs> it. The part of the song I really like is the I've never heard silence quite this loud.
1: There, some, cool. there are some actually really good lyrics. But the thing is that it's one of those songs that she has where it's actually really fucking sad. But because it's like, uh, yeah. uh, uh, it's like hard to get sad. I wish that she had released a different version of it. Because I think it really could have been a very fucking sad song if I'm speaking my truth.
0: Track eight, Never Grow Up. The... Secret Messages, I Moved Out in July. This is another song we're going to go to the Mad on. Um,
1: it, it is my least favorite song on the album. I feel like in the past I've said that I think it's shit. Like, I think I've said that I think it's bad. I, I I've grown up now, so now I will not say that I think it's – I don't <laughs> think that it's a bad song. It's just not something that I would ever, like, oh, I'm going to listen to Never Grow Up because I'm in the mood for it. I'm never in the mood for it. I never want to hear it. I don't think it's bad. Okay.
0: I can I can accept that. I I just I think it's a really it's a sweet song. It's a quiet moment on the yes. album. The production tends to be kind of intense, so I like that it's just the guitar and her and I really like the storytelling of this yeah. song. I think it's very personal. It's not a top 10. Speaking of a bop, we move on to track number 9, Enchanted, and the message is Adam. I I would like to we're
1: going to get into Adam, but I would like to to Just open up the conversation with just talking about the song itself, because this is quintessential Taylor Swift music. This whenever somebody's like, for real, it just this is what her songwriting is. This is what her production is like at the time, you know, for her first four albums. I would have said this is a Taylor Swift song. I think I would even say it now. This is. Taylor Swift
0: it's it's long it's swooning it's it's so fucking good it's good when she duets with herself Uh, and she does the like the please don't be in love with someone else oh my god times
1: when I was shook the first fucking time I listened to the song and I heard that part I I could have shot myself it was too much for me to emotionally deal the amount of times that I probably went back and just listened to that
0: one part again and again and again and again oh my god It's a, it's an incredible song. I think when the when the second chorus kicked in, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like this is like kind of a this is like a pop rock song. This is like this gets really intense towards the, the production end. on it. The is production on insane. this is just Nathan Chapman <laughs> bone appetite. It really is to this day one of her greatest Absolutely. ballads. And it's I crazy would say. to me.
1: I can't necessarily say that it's underrated because oh, so many so many stands, you know, love the song, whatever. But I would say that it's mid-range yes. rated, when it should be number one rated of all time. But it's just like in the middle. People forget People about forget. it. I never forget. It's in my dream. And I would say that the quality of it is not lessened by the fact that it's about the Owl City guy. I think about it sometimes. It, it taints taint the memory. the memory a little bit. And if he hadn't have released that cover of it that he did, it wouldn't have been as tainted. Oh, but sometimes God. when I listen to it chanted by Taylor Swift, I'm like, uh.
0: Uh, and then I
1: think about Adam oh Young's version and that's oh, just like full body
0: cringe. So we should explain the Adam Young thing, yes. right? Like we should get into that. He is Owl City. Oh, there's, it's him There's in no his one laptop. else in the band? So Taylor goes backstage to meet him at someone else's show earlier in the year. And for some unknown reason, she is bowled over by him. And I was like, maybe he was cute back then. I went and found the picture of them together. He is a crusty... Musty, like geeky, ugly person' <laughs> like he just is he 's a cringy person, like compared to the John Mayers of the world and the Jake gyllenhaals like adam young
1: he 's very outspoken in the fact that he is very, very, very awkward he 's very introverted he 's an insomniac he 's a complete nerd, not just in looks but also in in the mind so it 's like it 's crazy to me to think about the fact that Taylor would have had a conversation with him. That could have enchanted her in any way, shape, or form because he's so fucking awkward, and I know this not just because he said it, because I've yeah. watched
0: interviews, and he's hard to watch. He just strikes me as a loser. Like no offense to him, but like <laughs> he's just kind of a dud of a person, you know. And he also has been very outspoken about like conservative values and like he, weird things uh, like the, that. This so is a,
1: a bit of tea that is that. He, I don't mind. Way him. back in the day when he was really big uh, on. For people who are like on Tumblr and were really into that kind of like indie vibe, listening to Hello Seattle and all that kind of shit by Owl City. But oh so, like, a lot of people would message him and he had mentioned being religious. And so somebody asked him, What do you think about gay people? And he said something. I won't say that he said gay people are going to burn in hell, but I do have a vague memory of him saying that he wasn't 100% cool with it. <laughs> something and bad. I also yeah. have a very vague, specific memory, not vague, very specific, of him saying that he was anti abortion. Which at the time you could not say something like that on Tumblr.com and get away with it. So
0: it's like, no, you couldn't. That was like the place to go and burn. So <laughs> if you wanted it wasn't to say just that, he, like that maybe Facebook could have gotten away he was with like it. Christian. It was also the fact that he was Christian and kind of a a ding-a-ling. That's why it's embarrassing that this song is about him. But what's more embarrassing is the response. So Adam Young hears this song, figures out that it's about him, and. All we can presume is that he blew Taylor's phone the fuck up trying to get in touch with her. I know that he sent emails to her manager, her publicist. I know that he did that. Like, in my heart, I know that he exhausted all modes of communication to try and tell Taylor that he was Which ready is, to date her. So fucking embarrassing. And Taylor had moved on. She was She was in a serious adult relationship at this point. She wasn't interested in Adam Young anymore. It was a moment that passed. And Adam Young decided to make a public appeal which is how to Swift. which is how you know that a this- guy's a piece of shit like you you
1: ghost him and you're like I'm done with you and then he decides that he's going to humiliate you and I did not think about this this way at the time. But now as, a, as an adult, I see it that way. He's going to humiliate you by going
0: public with it. And now you have to respond. She said Cricket. She really said Cricket. He wrote this long, dramatic ass letter and then recorded his own version of Enchanted. I was never in love with someone else. I never had somebody waiting on me. We you know, I don't know. I don't think there be <laughs> people lining up to take you out on a date. If you love the song Enchanted and you've never heard Adam Young's response, you don't have to dig listen for it to it you have to really fucking look for it i was surprised that he wasn't slapped with a copyright lawsuit or well, here's that you know, being that's like, the shut up adam is that okay now that you brought that up if you have to
1: if you're going to cover a song you have to go through the proper copyright channels you need to contact somebody in the Taylor Swift camp and be like i'm gonna cover this song so
0: and they have new. to approve that i don't understand why she had to call him out in the secret message just give us a vague message why do this to yourself and invite this he's just horrible like, and you know it's like he even
1: says in his letter that he thought the song sounded familiar but then he he had because he's a fucking creep and a stalker he knew that she did secret messages so he went through and he found the secret message and he saw his bitch-ass name if she had never done that that maybe she, she could have spared
0: a man humiliation but did she then we get a uh, 10 better than revenge so the secret message to this is you thought i would forget feminism off precisely that's what i'm on. saying because this song oh no
1: when <laughs> it, it doesn't it slaps like you cannot deny that that song pops the fuck off oh it goes off it goes to the, the moon with how hard it fucking goes yeah i do agree that she should never play it live again but the live performance of it was
0: a spank it oh that slap too but unfortunately, she also slapped her female backup singers when she was touring. Oh yes! Yeah. So it, this, I forgot this about that.
1: It was not. I think a that good I completely Black that from my memory. In my heart of hearts, I knew that that, that probably the slaps on tour probably solidified everything <laughs> into being like,
0: oh, this isn't good. <laughs> She's publicly been like, I don't like this song, and I regret writing it, and I regret putting it out. Um, and we won't hear this no, song again never. from her mouth, never. But yeah, you just gotta turn your values off and like turn up the volume and get yeah. going when you put the song on. Then we have eleven, innocent. Life is full of little interruptions. I mean, we've kind of discussed this. I think it's a good song. It's okay. Um, I used to really like it, and now in more recent years, I've kind of been like, okay, this is yeah,
1: a little dramatic. it's very dramatic. Like,
0: I mean, I know it was like a huge moment for her, but like, it's over the top. And now we move on to haunted. The secret message is still to this day. Madeline, what are your thoughts? So uh, for me, that particular secret message is probably
1: the most secret secret message. Because, I mean, I guess one could argue I'm haunted still to this day. But it's very mysterious to me. It, 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 It could mean anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you know, the should have said no secret message where it's just a Sam again and again and again. (laughs) Obviously, we know what that means. This one in particular is, it's a little mysterious.
0: It is a bit of a mystery. And I wonder what she's haunted by and who did this haunting to her. Because... I'm sure you would love to make the argument that it's Taylor Lautner.
1: <laughs> I, I would love to make the argument that many, many a <laughs> song is
0: about Taylor Lautner. I like Haunted because I think I think it's a song from her that we haven't really heard anything like since. It was very evanescent, very oh, yeah. pop rock, oh, a little yeah. punk here and there.
1: Yeah, it was definitely and uh, probably one of her um most dramatic tour performances uh if i'm being honest with you cuz you can hear the bells in the background of the of the music it's one of those things that you don't pick up on the first you know 100 or maybe even 200 times you listen to it but it's definitely super in the background those that bell ring and i knew like she's going to have bells on stage it's like gigantic fucking bells like this should have said no drums and i was right there's no other way for her to and go. And what does she do? She gets into the
0: bell at the end of it. And I absolutely love it. <laughs> I love when she pretends to hit the bell, but she doesn't <laughs> actually hit it. She like very dramatically like swings and then stops right before the it bell. The bell doesn't
1: even like move. Like it doesn't, you know, when you hit a bell, it like vibrates. It doesn't vibrate. It's not a real bell. I'm telling you, it's there. paper mache. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It looks good.
0: I think that it's, it's a, uh, a little motif of Camille Bell, who at this point, Taylor Swift would like to beat the shit out exactly. of. Exactly. Precisely. That's what I think, too. All right, so Haunted, we love it. It's a long song. We get vocals. We get a lot of vocals in this song.
1: Uh-huh. Probably, I think that this song and Dear John are probably her best vocals on the album. Over and, and In terms of, like, holding a note, Uh, like a long note yeah definitely for sure which is funny because mariah carey taylor it's so underrated as being a great vocal
0: performance from her but like it is okay so the next song is one of my favorite taylor Swift songs of all time it is number one or number two it is last kiss and the secret message is forever and always which (laughs) gags me to this day that is probably it's it's a it's a gag it's probably one of the
1: saddest secret messages just just because of everything. I mean like in the context of the song and who it's about, just thinking about forever and always, I mean, it's almost
0: too fucking sad for me to deal with. What I love about Last Kiss is that it's part of a trilogy and I call it the holy trinity of Taylor Swift songs. So it starts with Forever and Always. Then it goes to Last Kiss and it ends very nicely with Holy Ground. And if you think about the progression of emotion within those three songs and her personal maturity that is shown through the connection of those three songs, I would like to give her a Grammy for this specific motif that she carried through. I love Last Kiss. I think it is some of her best detailed, emotional, lyrics, lyrical writing. I think that the song is hauntingly beautiful not to bring haunted back into this it's one of those like sit in your room and cry songs and i love those songs from taylor
1: absolutely and that's the other thing about it is that i mean it is so lyric focused it's not it's not heavy on the production but the production itself is so good in that like really simplistic way those fucking those chords the bam it's so sad but like what you said about you know the the progression of taylor writing about the same relationship for so long all those fucking songs that she wrote about joe jonas and if you follow them all the way down to the end and then think about how they can like hang out and like have a conversation now it makes me think a lot about how people said how immature and stupid she was when she was 18 19 18 19 for roasting the shit out of joe jonas all over fucking every media she could get to. But it's like, I I feel like she never got enough credit for being a teenage girl who was mad at an ex-boyfriend. And then it's like she also never gets enough credit for writing uh, Forever and Always and then writing Last Kiss about being sad as shit about it instead of angry anymore. And then finally, acceptance and moving the fuck on. You know what I mean? Like, nobody ever gives her credit for that because you would only ever know that progression if you were a stan.
0: And they're also all deep cuts. None of these songs were singles. So this one really is for the fans. And I think that Taylor's most successful when she's communicating directly with us versus communicating with the general public. So I really loved the fact that we got to have these very intimate moments with Taylor and we get to see how her character has developed throughout the years. That's why I love Last Kiss because I feel like it being angry is so easy and being pissed off and feeling wrong is like such an easy emotion to feel. But being sad and feeling yourself be sad and following for a little bit is really hard to get to because it hurts. You're totally right. All right. So the next song is Long Live and the secret message is for you.
1: Uh well, I mean, I don't think we have to spend too long ruminating over what that could possibly mean. <laughs> it was for me, everybody <laughs> and
0: me yep, specifically yep, me
1: me and Zach only everybody else get out but
0: <laughs> thank you thank you
1: Max. um uh, I absolutely love this song, and I think it's really funny because it's such a weird song, like if you think about it, she's sitting there. I mean, I know it's mostly about her. Band, which in that perspective kind of changes the way that you look at it. Um, But something about like the, the phrases that she chooses to use, like thinking about like people having kids and like all this other shit that she talks about, it's like weird. But there is also just like a kernel of like some of her best songwriting, I think. There's really good songwriting on that song. And honestly, for a song that's written mostly about her fans, nobody appreciates it enough.
0: Think about that. Nobody ever fucking talks about it ever. Well, I have a different opinion. Okay, here we we go. I see people talk about this song all the fucking time, which has made it less impactful for me. And I know that we have in the past talked about how certain Taylor songs don't age with us as much. And for me, I loved Long Live when I was 14. And I thought that the agency was the coolest thing in the world. And I wrote 13 on the back of my hand. Long Live was great for me then. Now I just can't force myself to listen to it. It's like a little too, sh- it's corny. It's a little corny. And I thought that the rep tour version of it was horrible. I thought it sounded so bad. I don't know what happened to her vocals or her mind when she did that. Um, but I thought it sounded bad. But I like, I like the imagery. The songwriting is good. It has some great throwaway lyrics that I think are really the dragons. That's good. Um, I like the bridge. It is weird subject matter, that's for sure. Um, but I, I also like that the sparkly guitar gets to live another day with this song.
1: Sparkly guitar aside, it's really, really funny that you say that you think it's bad because I... so. My show was like the third or fourth show. So I stayed away from spoilers and I didn't know what was going to happen. So at my show, when she started playing long live, I just simply lost my fucking mind. I cried my eyes out. I was like, oh, my God, I song. because I didn't get to go to the this yes. now tour. So it was kind of a big deal for me to hear that song live. Anyway, moving on. So I thought it was fucking incredible. <laughs> I have never, ever, <laughs> to be honest with you, I have never ever listened to it except for maybe a couple of times in the own videos that I have myself that I made that I took at the show that I was at so I I actually now that you mentioned it I don't know if it is good (laughs) I mean there's my perception (laughs) of it but I, I don't like that she mashed it up with my Honestly, one of my least favorite songs that she has ever put on a record and 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 forced us to I think agree. is good. I hate you know that like song. there's a, there's a huge difference between being like oh here's here's me for here's me for example here's this this is my lead single I want everybody to listen to the song and have fun. It's like okay great. And then there's a song like fucking New Year's Day where she wants us to think it's really really good.
0: It's like ah. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's not. It's a flop. It is a flop and again it's like you're not sorry she kept shoving it down our neck she
1: wanted us to love that song so bad and you know what i blame the swifties and the swiffers for allowing like egging her on like the girl that wept her eyes out at the song at one of the sessions it is a long song which comes back to the weird songwriting she could have cut out some of that stuff couldn't she have like i mean do we care about whether the agency has kids or not Can I gently ask that question to the world? No.
0: (laughs) No, we (laughs) don't. We don't care. Do I think that Grant is going to be pointing, his children are going to be pointing to some pictures someday of him and Taylor? No, because they hate each other now. Do they really? Is that the juice on the street? Yeah. Oh. That's the juice. I didn't. He was really mad when he got fired. Oh, yeah. You know what? I completely remember this. I completely remember this now. Okay. Okay. Long Live closes out the album, so we get 14 standard songs, and then we get the deluxe edition, which includes two of maybe my favorite Taylor songs. So the first one is ours. In my opinion,
1: it I would have to sit down and think about it for a long time. I'm going to say this. I think it's one of her greatest love songs, if not, like, at least second best love song. It's just so fucking cute it's like so cute and it's like so genuine it like makes me cry because she was like so in love and this is like so obvious that she was and it's such a just it makes me happy it makes me so happy I absolutely love that song um baffling single choice absolutely baffling choice for a single and the video I can't even get started on but i absolutely love. what is that it's embarrassing i don't even like to think about it (laughs) It this is one of my all-time favorite love songs from taylor and when when i'm like compiling my all-time favorite list of all taylor songs it doesn't typically rank super super high with everything else but if you're like love songs this is like top of the list
0: I agree. It's so cute. It's not jaded. And clearly, by the time that this song made it onto the album, Taylor was not dating whoever this was about. So I kind of like the fact that she put it on there anyway and continued to perform it with such conviction, because she really, like, her eyes sparkle when she sings this song. She just looks like she's feeling all of those emotions again. And that one line of people throw rocks at things that shine, like, wow! Wow, Taylor. Definitely like one of the most universal lyrics that she has. It's just like very wise. And also also we love this because Scott Swift kinda gets dragged and we like that.
1: <laughs> uh yes, he does get dragged. Um, which is funny because I think well, I guess the best day would have been the last time he was mentioned, but the time before that, he was in a wife beater with a baseball bat and he's going to make somebody very sorry. <laughs> so it's funny to hear. <laughs> all of a sudden he hates tattoos. The progression is <laughs> godlike.
0: Yep. Yep. I think this is his last mention as well. I think this is the last time he ever gets put in the Taylor Swift song.
1: Right, because then we have all the rumors about Scott and Andrea divorcing and that being what Red is going to be about in in theory. That's what everybody said.
0: Yeah. Wow what a stupid ass theory that was fucking stupid so the next bonus track that we get into I Madeline and I are gonna have a hard time talking about this one because we're stands it's if this was a movie Uh, yes so this (sighs) genuinely does
1: rank top fucking 10 all Taylor Swift songs of all time which pisses me the hell the fuck off because she pays it not even dust less than dust she pays it (laughs) specs
0: specs it is appalling to me that this song was treated the way that it was we are in I complete think this agreement is, about this. this for once yeah. for once we <laughs> agree on something and this is in my top five songs and every single tour i make a million posts being like please you absolute a grade flop play <laughs> if this was a movie if you have any respect for my people she doesn't. She doesn't she respect us. She won't. She, when I think about the 1989
1: tour when she was on that kick where she would only ever play either 15 or Fearless, it's like, oh, so... Why? So, or you belong with so, me. So... Uh, Move on. So So I can't get... You know, not only can I not get Wonderland, but also I can't fucking get if this was a movie. I, this is what this is like what happens to me. It hasn't happened to me <laughs> since it didn't happen to me at all on Red. Thank God. But like the deluxe song come in with the rain, the other side of the door and fucking oh. if this was a movie, like all these fucking songs that she makes deluxe songs. And then she she acts like they're pieces of shit. It's like, you know, you release them for a reason. Miss Swift. So where is it? If she ever did choose to play it live, we would finally have the answer to the question that ha- well, has the question. literally the driven if this was a movie stands wild for the past I don't know what how long has it been? Ten years? Oh, ten years, yeah. yeah. Ten years of, the, of if this was a movie, what is the lyric in the bridge? <laughs>
0: is it I, what is it? I, None of us can come to an no. agreement on it. We have been fighting, mm. ripping each other yep. apart. And you know what? This discourse comes up, I would say, once yeah, a year. And, at least. It is, just comes back.
1: That doesn't sound like a lot, but if you think about a rant, a fucking deluxe song from 2010, that's a lot of times to be And we want about the it. answers. Yeah, and we want the fucking answers. So what's
0: your thought? So what I, do think the I is? go
1: back and forth. It's like every few months it'll come on. And I'll listen to it and I'll be like, eh, it could be either one, but I tend to lean more towards. I've been waiting for you ever since you've been gone. But when I actually sit there and listen to it, I hear wary. It's like it's. I hear it. Mm. She
0: she makes an e sound. E. What is she saying? But her, this is my thing with Taylor. Her enunciation can be so terrible that for a long time people thought that there was a mystery Eli. Oh my God, being sung about oh in this song. God. Who is he? It's like the Starbucks <laughs> Where lovers thing. And
1: like these are all things that I Ugh. never hear. I never heard Eli. I never heard Starbucks lovers.
0: What What do you think? I think I am the only person that thinks this, and I fight my corner viciously whenever this conversation comes up. I have never changed my belief. My belief is that the lyric is, I've been waiting for you, baby, since you've been gone. Oh my God. That's it. That I've is my been... thought. I refuse to change it. <laughs> okay. No one agrees okay. with me.
1: Okay. Okay. You know what? The thing is, I, I'm, <laughs> no one agrees. I'm like half with you because I definitely hear the E. But I don't know if I hear the B sound. I'd, ha- I'd have to listen to it right now and really turn. I mean, all of the millions of times I've already fucking done that. Gone back and listened to it again and again, turning it up as loud yep. as my ears can take.
0: And do you know what the absolute fuck of it all is? The fuck of it all is that I have planned on three different occasions when I have met Taylor to ask her this question. And every single time I forget to do it. And then I get on Twitter and I'm like, y'all, I am a flaw. I couldn't remember. (laughs) Literally the first time I met her in 2014, I said, oh my God, I have to ask her about the If This Was a Movie lyric. Forgot, met her on the 1989 tour, forgot, went to her house, forgot.
1: And you know, the thing that really gets me is that at this point, like, let's just say, either you or myself or somebody else that's interested to know gets to meet her in the lover era, she, I bet you a million dollars, will be like, I not be like, I fucking know. remember. I know it. I can feel it in my heart, and I don't know if I can live with that. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know
0: if I can live. No. She's, she's going to be like, oh my god, that song? Haven't heard that name in a while. Like, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I just forgot. I, I'd be like, Taylor, get
1: out your fucking phone. Find the song in your phone. <laughs> listen to it and remember
0: you hear me She's gonna be like i don't remember. even have it on my phone. really think about it. i don't it.
1: even have that song anymore
0: something to note this song peaked higher on the hot 100 than ours and ours was a single and if this was a movie it was a flop that was ignored you know so
1: what? i never knew the people that people want it the people loved it i i think i mean getting into the actual crux of the song it's some of her best work The lyrics are so fucking good. The production is so fucking good. I don't understand how this didn't make it onto the record. I mean, I guess when I think about it, like, it doesn't quite fit with all the other songs. But uh, it doesn't fucking matter to me because it should have been a main song. And it should have been on the tour. And it should be played every night for the rest of forever.
0: It is also a cinematic (laughs) song. So it really deserved a video. Like, think of The Rain. Think of Taylor standing outside someone's door getting fucking soaked. Like, this is classic Taylor imagery that we need. All right, and then I don't want to spend any time talking about this next song because I fucking hate it. It's Superman. So,
1: <laughs> Zach hates the song. I would like to say that I consider myself uh, indifferent. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. It's imbi- like the, it's very corny. It's so much cornier than, I think, anything she has written up to that point up to that point i'll be i'll be fair it's up to that point it's really embarrassing it's even to me like worse than anything i'm okay and i i kind of like the song but i'm gonna i'm gonna roast a little bit it's it's it sounds like it belongs on the debut more than it belongs on her third studio album you know what i mean like it's very very just Mm kind of childish i hate it
0: i hate (laughs) it i think that scott Swift. Deserves no real estate in these precious Taylor Swift songs. And I also have a personal vendetta because this song was a secret song on the Speak Now tour. And if this was a movie, it's kept locked in a cage screaming for attention. (laughs) That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, But yeah, so that is Speak Now. It is an amazing album full of incredible songwriting. And this is Madeline's favorite. Yes, this is my um, number one
1: favorite Taylor Swift album of all time. I It would take a really, really, really special album to knock it out of top place. No album that she's released since is ever going to be
0: able to do it. This is where we kind of get into the sad part of the year. And this part of the year makes me really sad because we don't often see Taylor in public upset. I feel like she's super guarded with her like personal feelings when she's out and about. Um, and we get some really uh, upsetting pictures of her. But first... Um, This is around the time when the Jake Gyllenhaal stuff starts to really kick off. Um, And there was a significant age difference between them. Okay, so he was younger than John Mayer was when... (laughs) Too old to be dating uh, Taylor Swift. Yes, yes, yes. yes. (laughs) So on the twenty seventh, she performs I don't know if you remember this, she performs in the airport in JFK. Oh, bitch, I, uh, I for remember I remember, bitch. <laughs> don't think I forget. <laughs> I remember that shit. And then and then she gets on a plane for a six hour cross country flight with fans and reporters. Can you think of anything worse?
1: I cannot believe I you know what I'm gonna be honest with you I remember the performance because I remember the pictures I don't remember the detail that she locked herself onto a flight with fans and reporters (laughs) for six hours what happened there? she did what
0: happened there there's videos she just like kind of the reporters do like a merry-go-round of interviews with her and she's just kind of like sitting in a window seat Being herself, getting interviewed for six hours. Like, what if a bitch needed to take a nap? No glass of champagne, nothing. Just sitting there. (laughs) No peanuts, nothing. So she goes to LA, and then on November 1st, she appears on Ellen. And I love this Ellen appearance. I think she looks stunning. That, like, lacy, black, kind of mid-sleeve dress. Her hair is pulled back. She looks so chic. That's the one where she does mine, right? She does mine acoustic, like entirely on the guitar, and then she does Back to December. I stan
1: this performance. Yeah, I totally, I absolutely stan that performance of mine. So super underrated. People do not talk about it nearly enough. But as as a mine aficionado and stan, I must say that it is incredible. And mine should be performed acoustically as often as possible because it not that it's the the original song i mean it's not better than the original but it is as good
0: as the original i would argue and i always forget that taylor is actually like a very talented guitarist and mine shows that off very well especially when she's playing her wood guitar you know the one i'm talking about the is that the 12 string that like glossy wood one no not the 12 string the other one but it's like the Uh, same concept yes actually maybe she did play the 12 string on Ellen legend and her vocals were really good I just think that if only Taylor could remember the words to mine when she plays it live she doesn't do that anymore she always forgets something which is offensive to my culture this is where Ellen starts to really badger Taylor about her relationships and like put a slideshow on the screen of all the people she's dated. And I just don't like that. And I don't think Taylor liked it either. Like, I think she pretended to think it was funny, but I think it actually made her uncomfortable. The one I'm talking about is the one where ta- where Ellen hands her a bell and is like, ring oh. this if you have made out with this guy. And they put Corymont Monteith on the screen, <clears throat> didn't they? That's what I remember from it. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Okay. She definitely made out with him just by yeah, the way. I mean,
1: you know what I mean? <laughs> why
0: not? That's my whole thing about it. It's yes, like, why not? Wouldn't you have done it given the chance? <laughs> I would have. Ellen badgers Taylor about John Mayer during this performance, which is during this interview, um, and she asks about Dear John. And Taylor says, um, uh, Ellen says something along the lines of, isn't this about John Mayer? Like, wouldn't if you were John Mayer, wouldn't you think that? This song, Dear John, was about you. And Taylor was like, I think that's very presumptuous. And said something about angry emails. And she, she popped off.
1: Every time that I think about it, I wish, pray to God, that I could go back in time and make this a reality. I wish that she had fucking treated John Mayer the same way that she treated Joe Jonas, just like came for his neck. Please, please, he deserved I it. he deserved it so much more than Joe Jonas did. Like I know that Joe Joe was a dick, but he was a dickish He's and a like dumb really, boy. At least he wasn't a perhaps a predator. If I can speak my absolute truth, I, I mean, <laughs> ladies. Who would we rather see Roasted on an open flame on Ellen? I personally would rather see John
0: Mayer than Joe Jonas, please. Me too, and there's some real tea there. There's, there's definitely some real tea that we will never get to hear about that I would like to know. No, I would I would like to know. <laughs> and then also in this interview, she gets questioned about Jake Gyllenhaal, and Taylor says, I'm always optimistic about love, and that makes me sad. Ladies, love is a ruthless game. Unless you Mm, play it good
1: and mm -hmm. right. Everybody, foreshadowed It is. It is foreshadowed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bow. Please take a bow. (laughs) (laughs) So she's letting us know that she's very hopeful about this relationship. And that's something I really appreciate about Taylor is that she really does seem to go into every relationship like it's brand new. And she is completely Mm. wide-eyed and not jaded about it until reputation. Until, one might argue, wildest dreams. Dancing with the Stars, Taylor performs Mine and White Horse. I have absolutely nothing to say about any of her Dancing with the Stars performances.
1: Uh, Remember when she did
0: Jumps on Fall? (laughs) Eh, Okay, I have something to say about that. (laughs) But other than that... It's Dancing with the Stars. That's what I have to say about it. (laughs) Then, also around this time, Taylor and Jake go to Big Sur, and they get ice cream sundaes and seem very friendly, according to an eyewitness. Um, And then he reportedly... (laughs) flies her out to the UK on a private jet to spend time with him while he's doing promo.
1: I actually did nev- never know about the Big Sur thing. I didn't know about that. I knew about the maple lattes. But other than that.
0: I don't think there are pictures of it. But there were eyewitnesses. <laughs> there were eyewitnesses. So I think it's cute. Also interesting that uh, the next time Taylor goes there is with Carly Claus. I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh,
1: just... Put it out there for the girls to do with what they want.
0: Giving it to the Kalers who so desperately need attention. (laughs) Yep, yep. On November 10th, we get the CMA Awards, and Taylor looks stunning in that blue dress, and she performs Back to December amidst, like, there was a gate, it was in, like, a garden, and it was snowing. She looks so beautiful. (laughs) She has a glossy red lip, and she gets a standing ovation, and she's very surprised by that. So...
1: Uh, a note there was um a video that was going around after, and um I, I, her vocals were fine in this performance. they were just okay, uh, but there was this yeah, uh, there was this video that was going around where, at the end of the performance. you know she does her which was very trademark, what? especially for this era that oh, my God, what? And, it, and it's very, like, <laughs> dramatic. It's like, what? And there was a video going around that somebody had edited where, like, this, you can hear the sound guys up in the booth, wherever they are. One of the sound guys says, well, you still can't sing. And it's like Taylor can hear him in her ear, and she, that her reaction is her reacting to him saying that. It's not real, but it was really? a very popular video. Yeah, it was all over Tumblr
0: i forgot that it was
1: mean and there was really no reason for it i don't know why it existed totally fake i don't know
0: who made it i don't know for what purpose other than to be mean she played piano and she really gave i think she gave a lot of emotion to her back to december performance which i like you know and taylor lotner deserved and it he did. he did he worked so hard <laughs> yeah <on it. laughs> he did So then on the 15th of November, a mere five days later, Back to December, is officially made the second single from Speak Now. Well fucking deserved. Well deserved. And she peaked at number six, which is not bad for a ballad. That's pretty, pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. On the Hot 100. And it received critical acclaim. I loved this because for all the haters, this is literally the maybe I'm the problem slash I'm sorry song that everyone was so thirsty for.
1: I know and like the thing is when that joke became like the joke that it was Back to December already fucking existed so it's like have you ever heard it? Like no of course they didn't because they don't give a shit enough it's just some fucking like local thing to say and at uh, you know locals don't know
0: back to december like the rest of us do but then we got another performance of back to december and this time she does the legendary iconic wonderful apologized mashup at the amas yes. and she foreshadows the future by debuting some bangs and she wears a suit and she wins country female and she just fucking nails She looked amazing. The vocals, again, are not there, but she served such a look. And it was a very different look for her at the time. you got to keep in perspective that this was not the adventurous Taylor, you know, today.
1: That was it. I remember being fucking shocked when she came out in that fucking pantsuit. I was like, hello? Who is she?
0: And then she gives a Rolling Stone interview where she says, someone asks her, so you're not going to have a wild night out when you turn 21 in December? She says, I don't think I was born to be in the club, just to throw that out there. Did she lie? No. And,
1: like, to this day, I mean, what immediately comes to my mind, and this is so off the cuff, what immediately comes to my mind is when she was hanging out with Drake. What is it? His birthday party? Whose party was it? I don't remember. But she has, like, those gold, like, tattoos on. That was as close to, like, being in a, like, dance hall situation that I've ever seen her. But what also comes to mind is when she was dancing with uh, what's his face?
0: Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston. Uh, Where she just slides out of frame when she realizes she's being filmed. Love that. Love it. All right. So we've established Taylor, not a natural party girl, but we're going to let her live. Um, So then Thanksgiving comes around and this is, you know, this is some folklore in the Taylor Swift fandom. These candidates, you are right, Madeline, are some of my favorite ones. So she goes to Brooklyn to spend Thanksgiving with Jake Gyllenhaal and his sister, Maggie describes it as a good time. That's all she says. That's all she's ever said on the topic of Taylor Swift. (laughs) Um, Then they go to Nashville, where we get the iconic strolling with the maple lattes. This
1: is iconic. The images, the images, ladies. I would like to talk to Mm. everybody about how in the video <laughs> in the video of them walking into the cafe Jake Gyllenhaal does not hold the door open for her and what happens Law. what happens is we get begin again you happens. don't know how nice that is the thing that gets <laughs> me is that this fucking relationship it, it we had so little about it but it's like when you listen to Red you're like holy shit I already knew all he of hurt this. Her worse I than John. saw this. I saw him not open the door for her at the maple lattes thing. All they did was go to a As cafe and get maple lattes, and it's like the
0: biggest fucking deal. <laughs> I mean, these these were Easter eggs before but, Taylor. Yeah. Um, culturally appropriated Easter eggs before she even realized that that's what they were doing. (laughs) The connection between all of this. I mean, I feel like a a tin (laughs) hat or something. really a conspiracy. (laughs) I mean, I... Yeah, it was, she fed it to us. She said, you want the drama? Here it is. (laughs) All of these basic ass Swifties that love all too well and also decide to hate Jake Gyllenhaal, you better be showing up at his door and giving him reparations because it wouldn't exist Without him.
1: Exactly. I, you know what? My opinion on the Jake Gyllenhaal and Taylor Swift relationship, I don't know that I really specifically have an opinion about him as being a Taylor Swift boyfriend. I have an opinion about him separately from Taylor Swift, which is that I think he's okay. I like him. He's fine. Yep, as for being fine. with Taylor Swift, um, I'm
0: like, okay. As for him being in the we Red actually album, don't have enough tea. What I think happened with Jake and Taylor is – he didn't show up to her birthday party. We know that. <laughs> but I also think he cheated on her uh, because, and I think the cheating on Taylor Swift is the worst thing you can do to her. I get the impression that she really is not a fan of people who cheat. And she thinks that it is like the ultimate worst betrayal that anyone can do. So I think that he cheated on her for sure. Okay,
1: um, I will take that. I think I could see that happening. But what I think happened is I think that, um, he couldn't deal with how famous she was and how much attention it was getting because he's a very, very private person. Mm-hmm. And he just, as she says, in all too well, was running scared. He's like, I can't fucking do it. Gotta yeah, go. Which I think for her would be and like... The wind,
0: the, wind was, the wind was in her hair.
1: Yeah. And I think for her, that kind of a fucking thing of just be like, I choose something else over you, be it another person, be it you know, um, his own privacy. Like, it's, it sounds kind of shitty when I say it. Like, oh, you're choosing your privacy over me. But it's like that kind of a thing where it's like something is more important to me than this relationship. Where And I think for Taylor, there was nothing that was more important to her than that relationship. And so I think that could have been deeply, deeply heartbreaking to her, which to me makes sense for the entirety of the album, for everything that kind of like, everything that was in the Red Album, would make sense as sad as it was like that happening makes a lot of sense to me. I, he could have cheated yes. though. I mean, it's totally, totally feasible, but that's just, that's just my, uh...
0: it was Rocky as well. It was very Rocky. Um, and we get this from, we are never, ever getting back together. Clearly they broke up and got back together multiple times. So I think that it definitely wasn't ever like smooth sailing in this relationship. I imagine that he broke up with her a few times cause he couldn't handle the press and the attention that came with it. Um, and eventually she was like, all right, bye. Yep, I've had enough of this shit. Mama got to walk. So then we get one of my favorite pieces of food, which is the Thanksgiving special. So much good food. Oh
1: my God.
0: I forgot about that. You're Okay, so can we right. talk about the back to December in Central Park?
1: Oh, uh, mother. Oh my God. I had that on my iPad. Joni Mitchell's career
0: ended on that day. She
1: absolutely killed all of the girlies that came before her and all the girlies who were going to try to come after her. Every (laughs) one. That was it. It was over. It was over. It was done. She said- The strings?
0: uh, The strings? Oh, my God. I can't. I I
1: fucking- And I remember being so fucking jealous of everybody that got to go- (laughs) And oh, like be there. I think I actually all those knew. Flops I there. knew a couple of those girls too. They were just like Tumblr girls, but they were lived in New York City, so they just got to like go and be there. Fuck them. I'm just like
0: <laughs> I'm so I'm so mad at them. <laughs> yeah. That that is a Taylor experience that I would actually like save up a bunch of money and pay to experience. Oh yeah. If I could, that was that would well, have been I mean, amazing. I mean... Um. So yes, I mean we got some amazing performances in this special. I think the worst one is Haunted. She is lip-syncing, or they put the track over her actual performance. I I don't know why. uh, Yeah. But they did, and it's like, in a theme park, it's very weird. It's too Uh, much. uh, (laughs) You
1: said the theme park, and, like, I had this, like, that's so Raven moment of being like, like, remembering it. (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit, I forgot about that. That has been repressed. I'm gonna watch that shit, too.
0: There was a cute performance of Mean, and there was that little thing where she was like, she staged walking up the stairs and getting a song idea and then just stopping in her track. Oh, I remember that. And going to her phone and doing the voice note. P- the pictures of that moment of her in that fucking beanie, I, that they will never go away. I don't, I I don't, like, that photos I don't like that beanie. I don't like that beanie. I don't like that fucking beanie. I'm over it. <laughs> I've had it. Why was that fucking picture? blue I don't know why that beanie. was the picture. It's so, it's, it's. It,
1: Why does everybody like it so much?
0: It looks terrible. All of her hair is stuffed in it. She's wearing (laughs) a purple flannel. (laughs) Like, it's just not...
1: It it makes it look like an alien head when people do that, when they stuff all their hair (laughs) into a beanie.
0: The enchanted performance was good, but I think the second best one to Back to December was when she did Long Live on the bus. I love it.
1: And actually, speaking of, uh, if we're going to do a bad moment from that special with a beanie, we have to do a good one, which I see all the time, that gif of her in front of the bus, and she, like, mimes herself, like, as the Speak Now her. Oh, I love, love that. that. Love that. <laughs> love that. Thank you, Queen, yeah, for feeding literally, us Literally. I ate good that day. And I've, I've been <laughs> that, eating it that, for that's, years. That's what was so I've good. I've been eating
0: it for years. So then, okay, we're wrapping up the year, and it's December, which is her 21st birthday. And Taylor has a private 21st birthday party of her She does karaoke. It was a small party. Like, it wasn't a big deal. So she has her 21st birthday party. Jake doesn't show up. If you have heard the moment I knew, you know what we're talking about. He just... She says, please come. He says no. There is some footage of her doing karaoke with Liz. And that's the only scene we get from the actual party. Yeah. So she has this party. It doesn't go well. And then we get a series of candidates that actually, like, hurt my heart. She looks so upset. I mean, Google them if you want to see them, but we'll probably post them on our Twitter, but they are the saddest candidates. Like, she looks tired. She looks really sad. There's one of her walking with Liz where you can just see that she's trying not to cry and she's just walking and looking really like downtrodden and just kind of like beaten down. She's like wearing basically sweats, which she never does in public and she hasn't done since. And then there's the ones of her sitting in her car on the phone.
1: Yeah, Yeah, those are those are the ones that I think about all the time. And there's one of them that it looks like she's having an argument with somebody on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we can speculate all we want. I, I would like to think that I know who she's talking to. Only They're thing that's sadder is yeah. when after she does Ronin And she's, like, actually crying about it. Yes. But that's the only thing that's sadder than these
0: particular
1: candidates that I can
0: think of. It's interesting that we get very few genuinely um, sad or moments that Taylor doesn't want captured on film. She's so strategic with the paparazzi that, like, when they catch her, like, having a human emotion she doesn't want to show, it's very jarring. Yeah.
1: though I remember being shocked because up until that point, I had never, ever, ever seen her. In, uh, outside of, like, a music video or a performance setting,
0: looking sad. Looking sad. Yeah. And not, like, I, I guess we'd seen her tear up, but that was because of a crowd or because of something that made her happy, not because of, like, something that had broken her heart. Yeah. That was really bad. It was, uh... um, but what we can, what, what we do know about this is that she was rehearsing for the Speak Now tour at this time, and she came in one day, as the legend goes, Andrew Swift's legend. She grabs a guitar in the middle of rehearsals, and she starts writing all too well. So to conclude, the year, it was a very, it was a big, big year for Taylor. She won her first Grammy, Speak Now came out, Mind Leaked. She gave us some of the best songwriting of her career, and she had a lot of heartbreak. Yep, that that's the conclusion. If you liked listening to this episode, you should absolutely follow us on apple podcasts you should give us five stars in the podcast app that's very important we have a uh five star review on the app store by the way madeline Do you love- have 45 five star reviews really does anybody yeah. say anything or is it just stars yes oh yes you should go look oh, I we will. have a lot of I, reviews i, so I really- go
1: look as soon as possible i love reviews especially positive ones
0: people saying really nice things but i've realized that the apple store reviews don't translate to the podcast app reviews oh so if you would please kindly go into the podcast app and give us five stars maybe write a little something say all too well stuff or something <laughs> yep. so that we know Stir the pot. Stir the pot. <laughs> so that we know it's you yeah say something scandalous also follow us on the apple music podcast arena so that you can get updated on our new Releases. We are really trying to get back into the swing of things. We've got two episodes planned for you coming. Um, Also, follow us on Spotify if that's where you listen. And, you know, follow us on Twitter because we actually have started to use that quite a bit. At T-Swift Podcast, we are so happy to have all of you listening. We really appreciate it and your enthusiasm, even when it uh, goes into harassing us to put new episodes out. Sometimes we deserve it. (laughs) yes yes we i realized that we had like a legitimate two month break between episodes yeah you
1: know what but bitches gotta eat bitches must eat
0: yep and we're not getting paid don't forget (laughs) we don't get paid for this (laughs) shit all right so thanks guys we'll see you in the next episode